again. Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Alberigo, SweetWinterTalk.com. Uh, good morning, Allie. Hey, how are you, Dwayne? How is how everything going over there, and how was your weekend and all of that? Wonderful, wonderful. We closed the year out, basically, because uh, we've got nothing else going on here but uh, painting and repairs, and I'm actually at the studio right now because we've got uh, somebody putting in some carpet for us, and Oh, got cool! Some, uh, painting happening over the next two days, and then we're done. I mean, I don't have to revisit uh, the school, you know, after that, which will be kind of nice. And uh, what do we do on Friday? We, we closed out um, all everything with about what was it? I think we had 51 people at our board breaking seminar that wow. we did on Friday night. Had three birthday parties on Saturday, uh, and that was it. So uh, I think we, uh, you know, had a pretty decent year. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you know, that that's really what's important. I mean, you know, there's a few things that I think we could talk about on our call today. Number one is, you know, how do we how do we as school owners, you know, really change lives and give back to our community and, you know, help our students and, you know, whatever. I think that, you know, there's a certain level of altruism when you're a, um, you know, you're a successful business owner or even just a business owner um, that you could, uh, you know, you could do wonders with that kind of stuff. So um, I'm not sure if you have things that you do uh, during the year that go and coincide with, you know, holidays like Christmas or Easter or, you know, other things that we do, food drives and things of that nature. Um, but uh, do you have any? Well, I know that uh, every year we do a tickathon for uh, Easter Seals. It's our local Easter Seals here in town, and, and uh, we we always do a tickathon for them. We raise anywhere from you know thirty five hundred to five thousand uh, dollars in that tickathon. We do that every year, um, and then just I guess the small little things that that we do along the sides with regards to um, different events. People come out. You know, we always get this. Everybody. I'm sure you guys have this too, but, you know, everybody wants a donation for a raffle or some sort of, um, you know, function that they're doing because somebody has uh, cancer or leukemia or what have you. And so we'll donate um, things to those type of things as well. So, um, and then our staple, and I know you're not looking for this, but I I know maybe school owners might be wondering what, what do you donate? And personally for us is we always donate an hour birthday party. Um, I used to do like the one month freeze, like a one month free and a free uniform and stuff like that. And I came to the conclusion that I'd rather do a a one hour birthday party and, you know, get 10 people in than I could obviously market to as opposed to just one person. So, um, and then there's obviously a, uh, uh, a chance to upsell them to an hour and a half to a two hour party um, if they choose to do that. So, um, maybe that doesn't fit into altruism, but, uh, (laughs) I, I, we are, we are giving away that hour. You know what I mean? It's not like we're not. Yeah. You know what it is? I mean, I don't think, and here's the thing. Sometimes, um, some people don't see things as being altruistic. Like it's funny. I, I know on a few of our calls, you talked about, um, how when the shift happened where, you know, you used to get all the presents and Christmas presents and then our staff gets it and how, you know, at first it was it was a little difficult. I mean, I kind of ran into that this this year where I was kind of, to be honest, I'm going to be totally honest, I was a little bit pissed off because, um, I, you know, the, one of the parents comes up to me and says, are you going to chip in for Renchi Ryan's Christmas present? I'm like, are you actually asking me to pay in for one of my instructors who I've been paying all year? And then I was like, you know what, here's 20 bucks from here, Kiara and I. But I thought it was the oddest thing where people forget 
from where things come. And uh, so anyway, I was happy that he was getting a gift. I think they all chipped in and gave him like a $200 gift card. Um, but at the same time, I was like, really? Are they asking me that? But then again, I was like, okay, time to give back. So I did. But uh, what do you think? About that? Do you think that's kind of a little odd or is it just normal? And I I think it's odd that they asked you. Um, yeah. I don't think it's odd that they're getting him something, but I do think it's odd that they asked you. I guess my response would have been, uh, uh, you know, well, I, I I already get my staff a Christmas gift, uh, so yeah, I, I've already chipped in. Don't I do enough? <laughs> like, don't I do enough? And, you know, they, they forget sometimes, you know, they really do forget um, from where it comes, you know, and it's just like the weirdest thing where, you know, I always look at this and I say, uh, you know, even students sometimes, they, you know, they'll be like, oh, my sensei is sensei so-and-so. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's true. He does teach you. But your real instructor is the one who owns the school, who built the school, who invented the stuff, who pays the bills, who pays that instructor's salary, uh, yada, yada, right. yada, yada. But anyway, going back to yeah. giving, you know, I, I try to always go back to you said, yeah, you know, I already give my staff uh, a present. And I do. I, I, we, I took my entire staff, uh, 14 of them out to dinner this year. We had a really nice time. I thought that was really cool. Um, I'm buying them gifts, too. I used to give these massive, um, uh, massive uh, bonuses every year. I mean, I I look back just recently, and one year I gave out close to ten thousand dollars. Can you imagine? I mean, when I look back on that, I was saying like, what I was so doing so well, but so happy to help others. But then I look back and I say, did I actually get much uh, for that crazy altruism? Um, and, you know, did I, did, were they happy with it even? I don't know. Like, I, you know, sometimes when you give too much, people don't appreciate that either. But um, there's times where you have to give, but you got to be careful that you're, not, you're getting, not giving away the farm. Well, and, you know, the other thing, too, is uh, we as school owners help out other families as time goes on throughout the year. I mean, I had, um, you know, I live in Illinois, and there was this thing in Illinois where the state was going to, not be able to pay its state workers. And so I had some state workers that came in and they're like, I don't know what we're going to do. We're not even going to get a check. And, you know, there was a couple of months that uh, from some of these state workers, I said, you know what, I'll just pay for your training. We'll start it back up in a couple of months. And if we need to do it a little bit longer, then we will. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes we, 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 um, we overlook that as giving. Right. And, and, and it is giving because, you know, we have a service that they are paying for, and any time that we reduce it, give it for free, or what have you, um, you know, or wipe out a debt that they they owed because they they missed, you know, six months of payments or whatever. But yeah. uh, you know, that 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 is that is us being uh, giving, you know, um, and we can, we should not discount that. I don't believe that that is something that is important to look at in that in that light just because you don't physically see the money doesn't mean that you're not giving the money because you are right right exactly well that, that's the truth i mean like every time you give your time if your time is valuable i remember once um being really into this one coach you know he was a he was really like a a great business coach and and i remember getting you know we we would text each other or email each other back and forth and you know one time he told me a story of a guy who said to him um you know hey I'd like to uh, I'd like to get like just 15 minutes of your time. I just want to pick your brain. He says, "Oh, that's absolutely no problem. What day do you want to schedule it for? And what credit card do you want to put it on?" And he was like, "What do you mean?" And he says, "Well, I mean, you do expect me to charge you for this, right?" And I get people all the time that I coach that I give the coaching away for free. And and I know that people are appreciative of it, but however, there are times where 
I know also, too, that they're taking advantage, you know, some of them may, maybe, you know, or they're just not really getting the point that this is what I do and, you know, and this is what I get paid for and why is it valuable to them. So I think that's a part of it where we do have to, uh, you know, make sure that people are clear that we, you know, sometimes it's okay to say, hey, I'm going to do this for free because I want to give back. You know, sometimes we're so, as martial arts school owners, we're so um, humble that we do things and we're just hoping that everyone kind of gets it. Does that make sense? Am I on, you know, on well, the makes, Yeah. It makes perfect sense. And that's why, that's where, why I have switched my verbiage with regards to when I help people. Um, right. So if I, you know, like one of these state workers had come in and I said, well, that, you know, what we'll do is I will pay for your training. Right. As opposed to saying, okay, I won't charge you. Right, it's, right. Yeah. I will pay for your training. Uh, for X amount of time, and then you have to pick up the payments again. Because yeah. I want them to know, and I want myself to know that there is a cost to that. Right. Even though, I, again, I didn't see, I didn't see the money, I didn't feel the money. Um, you know, and and some school owners actually they never see the money, but they do feel the money because they're right. not in a position uh, like us where we have a cushion and we can maybe be a little bit more generous than than they can or, or than they, that maybe they should at that stage of the game. But anyhow, it, it's real money, even if you don't see it. Yeah, and you know what? I Even with my clients, my, not my clients, my students and my, my staff members, if I'm going to give them a deal, like, for instance, if my black belts who teach, they get a deal and then they get their tuition included in their paycheck – because they're still students. They're still training at my school. They're still using my facility. I will say to them, you know, your training is included in your pay. So, like, if I'm paying them 15 bucks an hour, um, then they look at it and they go, okay, well, yeah, I'm getting 15 bucks an hour. Oh, no, don't forget, you're also getting, um, you know, your $130 a month in tuition for free. And, you know, that's part of your paycheck. So you, you would have to pay that. Or I sometimes just make them pay tuition still and then they you know they you know they'll get the paycheck and then they'll pay their tuition so they realize that this is part of their way of staying employed they're part they're on part of my you know uh, payroll but they're also getting you know tuition included or they're going to pay for it and then I'll pay them a little bit more yeah and I think yeah. it's uh you know the other thing with with altruism you know uh, at least for me is I mean I I, I give 10 percent um at the very least, I give 10% every every uh, week anyways out of my check. So I put that aside and I write a check to my church every week anyhow. And then on top of that, there are other special things that, you know, that we'll do. I always, I always have a girl come in who her, her um, mom works for uh, the pregnancy center here in town. And last year she, uh, she came to me and, and she, you know, was very tim and timid and trying to ask me for a donation and, and I said, you know, I said, uh, I'm just going to teach you something right now. I said, yeah. when you ask somebody for a donation, you ask for a big donation. And you, you, you know, you, you give the, you basically tell them what you want them to do. You know? Right. So I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home and practice this and say, give me your spiel. And then say, you know, would you like to donate $100? Right. And so she left. She came back. She did it. I wrote the check, right? Right. Well, this year, I love it. This year, she came up to me and she said, she said the, you know, basically the same spiel, except she goes, "Would you like to donate two hundred dollars?" Right. Right. And right. I, I, I couldn't, I could not 
not do it because, you know, I right. taught her, right? And right. so, um, you know, I, of course, I wrote the check for 200 And And, you know, the other thing we have to take in consideration, too, is we, we as school owners, um, especially if we're the ones teaching all the time, we're getting hit up by all these kids every single month for right. different um, sales that they have for their school, for the band class, and for the trip or whatever. I mean, we are donating a lot of money. Uh, if we were to calculate it throughout the whole year, we could actually see that we, we do give a lot. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny. I mean, uh, there's a few things about martial arts. I'm a very traditional martial artist, so I, it, it's a different philosophy where it, it, it's that old saying. I believe it was JFK who said it, right? Ask not what you could do for your country, but what your country yes. – what not what your country could do for you, but what you could do for your country. And, uh, you know, that yep. mindset has kind of been washed away. Um, I use it in the dojo. Ask not what your dojo can do for you, but what you could do for your dojo. It's, it's, I teach the art of, uh, of giving. You know, selflessness is part of the training. However, it's not a very modernistic uh, way of thinking because people don't <laughs> think that way anymore. They, you know, everything is the WIIFM, what's in it for me type mentality. However, you know, like, for example, I just did my Christmas party, and um, it's a free party. It's in my dojo. I used to rent halls and all sorts of things, but I still, in my dojo, I, you know, I buy all the supplies and all that stuff, the sternos. My staff comes, and they, they get paid to set it up. I hire Santa and, um, and a magician, and, you know, sometimes a DJ with karaoke, depending on the theme of the party. And I had a mom this year, uh, and we take, by the way, they, they pay, they, in order to get in, they have to bring, a, you know, a potluck kind of thing, a meal and a dessert, and, um, and then they have to bring in one non-perishable food item, which goes to our soup kitchen in town, which I find that their entrance, you know, for every member of the family, if there's five of them, they bring in five cans of food or five, you know, things of macaroni, and then they have to pay $5. The $5 goes towards our demo team. That money immediately goes in one hand and right to the demo team for their rating system so they can compete this year. And I had a mom actually complain that she's not coming to the party, and she didn't, didn't come to the party. I, can't, I was really a little shocked. But she goes, I'm not coming. If, if the $5 is going to the demo team, I'm not coming. So we basically said to her, don't come. Who cares? You know, like We don't want you there if that's the way you feel. Um, however, I thought it was shocking because... If it was going towards a charity, maybe she would have came. If it was going towards something else, but she kind of looked at it as we were taking a handout and treating those kids special. Um, and, and why isn't it every kid? Why isn't her kid maybe getting that benefit? Um, however, she could if, if her kid wanted to join and try out for our team, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I thought that was kind of shocking where people lose a little sight of what you do. I mean, that party probably every year cost me about maybe about 800 bucks to run the party, 1000 somewhere around there. Right. So, uh, and, and I'm just happy to do it. I mean, it's a great day. The kids love it. I had a fun time. The food was amazing. We had some families make me vegan food and things like that. So I like giving back, and, and I do that throughout the year. I mean, we donate money. My pet charity is CTF, which is the Children's Tumor Foundation. Um, we also do St. Jude's. We've done, uh, this year we did diabetes. We did um, breast cancer, $700 donation we raised for breast cancer. $1,500 for CTFs, Children's Tumor Foundation. So it's cool when we're able to take our people, the mass of people that we have, and we're able to give back by utilizing that, that pool of people. Yeah, and I like how you, obviously, that uh, it's important to you that you make sure that your students understand what they're doing um, when, they're, when they're giving back to those right. types of things. I think that's, that, that's, uh, 
That's perfect. So I don't. I, I, do you have anything left to talk about altruism? I kind of wanted to shift. Oh. I know we're going to do a two-part call here, but uh, uh, any only, last, last let me on let that? me recap on the altruism. I just I just request that the school owners out there think about this. And and the one thing I say, the caveat is not to be embarrassed that um, that you're letting people know after the fact that you raised money for the charity. You're, it's okay to utilize your goodness, your altruism, as a way of promoting your school by saying, hey, look, such and such karate schools, dynamic karate or whatever the case may be, raise $2,000 for charity, take a picture of the people, make one of those big checks on cardboard, and then take a photo and put it in all the local papers. I mean, every other school, high schools, football, sports, Boy Scouts, they do it. Um, and, and they're looked at in a different light. And we do it all the time. We're always giving people back, giving students deals, helping people out, doing sponsorships, scholarships, etc. And we keep it a secret. I often say we're the biggest kept secret in town. You know, we're, we're those people yeah. that we don't want anyone to know that we're doing such an awesome job. I don't know why uh, we have a skewed sense of humility in the martial arts where we're trying to help people, but people don't know they're being helped or they don't know we could help others if we don't tell them. So in closing, right. keep your eyes open for that and, uh, you know, keep your eyes on, you know, on that or mindset in that way of thinking. Perfect. Yeah. yeah I, good. Think that's, I think that's perfect. So, yeah. So t tell um, me what we're, we're going to chat more about, like what one of our, one of our most hidden, like ignored, options right in the world is what retail right <laughs> yes yes I, I and, and the reason i want to talk about this because i was taking a look at um and of course we haven't closed out the year i don't have my last billing check-in and stuff like that but um you know i, I i'm looking at everything and, and i'm not going to sell any more retail throughout the rest of the year and and we did uh we did about twenty eight thousand dollars in retail this year um right which is is up over last year but you know, I'm looking at it, and, and, and I'm just wondering, you know, how how much more can I do? What else can I do to make sure that my retail sales are, you know, even higher than, you know, what they were uh, this year? And, and so I decided to set a goal for myself to, uh, you know, grow that 10%. Right. You know, so now basically all I would need to do is, you know, I don't know, what's um, – Oh, let's see. What's twenty eight thousand times? Yeah, you're looking 10%. at twenty eight hundred divided uh, by 20, twenty, right? Yeah, that's yeah. So okay. I just need to do two hundred and thirty three dollars and thirty three cents more per month. In it's April. funny. Let me just chime in real quick. Why I'm terrible at math, but my mom always used to say, "Put a dollar sign in front of it." I could figure it out like that. And I was just in my head, I'm <laughs> like, "Okay, that's around like twenty three, twenty four hundred dollars a month." You know, so it's interesting at how my brain works in, in regards to money and calculations. But if you just said there was 12 ducks times 15 apples, I'd be totally lost. But just say put a dollar sign and I can figure it out. But, yeah, you're looking at – and here's the thing. You and I met – I mean, not met. I, I went to your school about a year and a half ago. Well, no, it was – was it a year ago when I came out to visit? I can't even remember. Yeah, less than a year ago. No, you right? were just no, no. You were just yeah, you were just here in January. Yeah, at the end of January. So it's almost a year, right? So um, crazy, right? How fast time goes by. So um, and we looked at your retail, and you made some changes to to the way your retail was set up. Um, you you changed your sitting area slightly. Um, you had like a little bit more of a showroom. You put slot wall up. You put some items up. You started to really kind of just focus 
on the mar on the marketing of the items, right? Isn't that you made a change there? I did, and then I also took um, you know your suggestion with regards to. I mean, I, I already you had to buy sparring gear, but I wasn't giving them a three part option with the right. sparring gear. I wasn't giving them uh, different options with the weapons, and you know to add a. Uh, a case with the weapons and, and those things. So the upsells and the cross-sells weren't there. Oh, yeah, and, and I have to tell you, I, I don't know how I stumbled upon some of these things. Sometimes they were just these little epiphanies that I had. And, um, you know, it, it's, not, it's not any different than a retail store. And, and I did, when I was very young, work in a retail store. And actually, one of my girlfriends through college, she was a visual merchandiser for Macy's coming out of college. We are talking 25 years ago. She was making like 60 grand as a visual merchandiser, and she'd go to all the Macy's stores throughout New York State, and she would just set up their displays. So I learned a lot by going and visiting her and seeing what she did, and it was little things like how you face the jewelry and how you angle the displays and how you put a product on a wall and what signs you say to get people's eyes to open. And there's some amazing stuff out there that could teach you this. In fact, one great book, and I've recommended this a million times, is called Biology, it's B-U-Y like in purchase and then ology as if it were like psychology. But biology, that's the psychology of why people buy. And um, I think that's an interesting thing and that kind of makes me excited. I, I, I look at things like that and I, and I wonder like, you know, how many of us have a gold mine? And, and, and I did a seminar on this in Vegas one year calling uh, you have, you know, a gold mine under your tatami mats. So that 10%, that magic 10% that you're talking about, is really nothing more than taking some focus and like kind of laser beam focus in on whatever area you're looking to upgrade or update or or grow. Yeah, and and and, and I'm not just looking at retail. You know, I was yeah. looking at my special events. Yeah. You know, how can I grow that by ten percent? Mm -hmm. My uh, closing ratio on on signing up people. How can I raise that? Uh, to uh, to ten percent and and I don't mean like let's let's just take uh, you know signing up new students you know I don't right. mean what new sales tactic or you know trying to uh, talk somebody into doing it but I mean a genuine you know how can I make my program my sales process in such a way that I sign up actually ten percent more um, right you know right well, now you know we're 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 doing the our main offer is two weeks free and a free uniform well. I'm going back and I'm looking at the information with regards to my paid trials when I do my uh, specials and the right. paid trials compared to the free trials, and I want to see which which ones actually convert better. And then not only that, because you can't stop there, which mm -hmm. one of those actually stay longer? Right. Um, you know, so once I once I decide, you know, dissect all of that out, I'll have a better understanding of where I want to go this year to see right. if, if that if doing that will allow me to, um, you know, sign up 10% more people. Well, isn't that interesting? And it's really quite frankly, it's nothing more than taking whatever you're looking at, whether it be upgrades or signups or renewals or retail or special events. And putting it under the microscope, right? And looking at it and saying to yourself, is this something that I could tweak, fix, correct, redo, and so on? Like, for example, we as martial artists are creatures of reality, meaning that we, we accept things for what they are. Someone throws a punch, we block it. They throw, do another move, we learn a technique to counter that. 
we're very reactive rather than proactive. And um, sometimes we just take things as law. Like, for example, I had a student uh, visit me from another dojo, and I taught him a technique. And it was a grappling move where you shoot under the leg, the person puts you in a guillotine, you hook the arm, you kind of do like with your shoulder and, and hook around their neck and you do what is called, a, you know, like a figure four arm lock or, you know, people call it uh, something else, you know, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. But anyway, long story short, I taught the move and then I said, okay, practice it. And I can hear people going, oh, it just doesn't work. And then after trying it like once or twice, I noticed the people that in their heads, they said it just doesn't work. They just dismissed it and didn't practice it anymore, waiting for the next technique that actually, and I'm holding my quote fingers up, worked, right? So then I'd go around and I'd demonstrate it. And I'd say, you know, guys, you're missing out on a whole plethora, an opportunity that, you know, because this technique, if you work on it, could work really well. However, you're just taking it and throwing it away. Right, and martial artists do that all the time. You know, we, we put up something on the wall for retail, it doesn't sell. We go, well, maybe that shirt or that jet jacket or those the sets of gear, it just doesn't work. So we move on to the next thing. But what is it that can make it work? That's the real question. And what is it that can increase us by 10, 15, 20%? And at the end of the year, you know that's massive money. Well, exactly. I mean, we just did a... Um and, and maybe these aren't very big numbers, but we did a, uh, a sweatshirt sale in mm-hmm. December. And, you know, we sold 88 sweatshirts at $39 each. Um, they cost me 19 so I made 20 bucks a pop on each on each sweatshirt. Um, I mean, that, so wait, that, I don't know. Those are uh, great numbers, Dwayne. So that I wouldn't, you know, those are excellent numbers. I mean, I made 1760 you know, $1,760 on, uh, on those. Right, you literally printed your own money. You came up with an idea, you produced the idea, and you sold it to your group. How many of us could do that, or how many school owners could be doing that, but they don't? And they're stuck in this this quagmire of not knowing, not doing, frozen in indecision. You know, like kind of like, oh my God, where what do I do? I don't know if my students will buy that. I don't know if I should do that, if I'll look bad or blah, blah, blah. There are a million excuses, whether it be the upgrade or uh, the retail sale, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and, you know, just as a tip with regards to, and we already gave it really when I said that, uh, or one of them, uh, when I said that, you know, you need to have different options, upsells for sparring gear. You need to have different packages with regards to the weapons that are inside of the program. And and by the way, I guess I should back up and say, you know, a lot of, I don't know, at least 50 to 60%, I would say, of your retail sales should be um, because they have to be purchased because they're in your program. So they're locked into your program at certain levels or uh, certain upgrade points and what have you. And and so then they... Go ahead, what? Yeah, tied, tied into the curriculum, right? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for clarifying it that way. Yeah, tying it into the curriculum. But then on top of that, um, you know, what I have found personally is having different um, apparel pieces for a limited time. So, it, like, especially for us in the summer, we had a totally different T-shirt design for the summer. And, 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 and of course, in order to do T-shirt summer, um, you had to have a TriStar T-shirt in order right. to do it. So that bumped the sales for that. Um, we had a, a totally different design for our sweatshirts this year, or I should say hoodies, for our hoodies right. this year than we had last year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, and I had a just, you know, the funny thing is I had two, just two left from last year that I put out on the table. We did like a blowout table this year. Then I had two hoodies and 
you know, I sold both of them at 25 bucks. So I still made, um, you know, a 6%, or excuse me, a $6 profit off of those. Right. Um, right. But, you know, they sat there. Well, they didn't sit out there for a year. I actually had them in our office away until it got colder, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. But even, you know, even the fact that I did a blowout sale of the T-shirts that we had left from the summer. Um, right. I had cinch bags, um, you know, that had a different logo on it, backpacks. Um, and right. then all three of my books I had out there so that they could do it. And then I had some TriStar mugs, some coffee mugs that had our logo on it and our creed on it and stuff like that. So, you know, right. all that information was, was, was there. But, you know, I, I did a blowout sale for those to get, to get rid of those. And then we'll, we'll come up with new, uh, new stuff again for this year, you know, uh, designs and, and, uh, and what have you. Right. And you know what? There's, there's a portion of, um, of what I call, you know, delusional marketing or um, meaning that, that let's say, for example, I run an all-kids school. The majority of my enrollment is kids, right? So I say, okay, cool, I'm going to buy, you know, and let's just pretend, I'm just throwing silly numbers out there. I have 20 adults and I have, you know, 250 kids. So I go out and I buy 70 UFC Chuck Liddell or Tito Ortiz and I'm dating myself or, you know, Uriah Faber or, you know, any of the guys, right, the newer fighters and stuff. I buy their T-shirts. How many? And then I get annoyed because they sit on the shelf, right? And I go, well, you know, I have 50 or 70 shirts. They should sell. And then I realize that, well, most school owners don't realize that you just don't have the clientele to purchase those shirts, Right? So because right. you don't have adults that are interested in that particular item. So we have to be, that's what I call delusional sales, sales techniques, where we buy items because we like them, we think that they'll sell, and we put them on the shelf, and the reality is how can they sell because we don't even have that clientele. Yeah, you got to be careful with that, obviously. Yeah, but people don't think that way. Just like when we talk about, you know, special events. You know, I, I have a friend who's getting upset right now, and he's saying, I don't have that many people that are coming to my, you know, parent night outs, and his enrollment is quite low right now, and um, he's getting upset, and I go, but you only have X amount of students, and you brought in 50% of those students, so you did good. You know, you, 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 know you, you did a great job because out of the 50 people you have, 25 of them showed. Now you just got to make that happen where you get more people, you know, uh, in the dojo, then you'll have more people to sell to, more people to sign up. You can't expect it to magically manifest because there's no such thing. You don't have the clientele. Right, and we have to look at the numbers honestly. We can't allow the numbers to be skewed, and, and, that, and that's a good point where you were educating him on the fact that he was looking at the wrong numbers. Right, right, yeah. I was saying, hey, listen, you did a good job. You know, maybe you could have gotten, instead of, you know, you had 50 people, you could have gotten 35 maybe, or, you know, maybe if you were really good, 40. But at the same time, don't be upset because 70 people didn't show up because you only have 50. And quite often we don't, we, we put together an event, we don't look at that event and go, okay, what is the demographic for this event? Okay, we're doing Star Wars Nerf Nights. Um, a good majority of our older teenagers from 12 to 15 or 17 are not even going to look at that event. Just as if we were to do a knife fighting seminar um, or reality-based gun disarm seminar and you're not going to get little warriors or little ninjas and, and, you know, the other kids to come to that. Parents don't even want them around it. So sometimes right. we have to look how we go, how are we going to market to the specific area and how are we going to make it appealing to that particular person. And this goes with retail, um, et, et cetera, et cetera. Well, and, uh, you know, we used to do karate birthday parties. I don't right. do a karate birthday party anymore. 
Um, I found that by having three different types of birthday parties that we have at the karate studio, and, of course, we have three different options, you know, hour, hour and a half, or two. But we have, you know, a um, a Nerf party, we, which is our most popular. We right. have a ninja, ninja party, because ninja mm-hmm. just seems to be cooler than karate. Uh, kudos to you, right? Uh, but Because <laughs> uh, you teach ninja too. But, uh, right. And then, and then we have a, a Star Wars party where we have lightsabers that they use and stuff like right. that. And I would say our Star Wars party is the second most favorite. Now to, but I oh, would can still I... be trying to push the boring karate parties had I not saw that they just weren't working anymore and I needed Got to do something different. So in other words, you still do birthdays, but you don't do a birthday party, you know, uh, you know, typical karate birthday party, but you're doing other events that they could come and host their birthday party, but it's a Star Wars party. Like if kids were going to go to take their birthday party to laser tag or the trampoline zone or an indoor right. soccer, right? It's not necessarily not a birthday party. It is, but it's just theme-based where it becomes something that's more attractive to people, right? Well, absolutely. And now we're doing two to three birthday parties a weekend. And my, yeah. my staff doesn't like to do three. They, they, they're like, I just, just, just do two. And I'm like, how can we turn it away? You know? Right, exactly. So, and, but, and, you know, maybe like I do, I have a group of people that in my dojo that actually younger teenagers in their 18s and 17s and 20-year-olds in that range, um, they like to do the parties. And then my staff, who is older, my, my main black belts, uh, really don't like to do them. So I say, hey, listen, let's give it to so-and-so. If you don't want to do it, let's give it to that person. Let's, so we got to keep on moving those parties because – and by the way, I don't do parties with the anticipation that I'm going to sign 20 of them up. I look at it as a very soft, very, very soft lead generator, um, but at the Agreed. same time – it is a money maker in our school where we make, you know, um, our parties start at like two ninety nine and go on up to like seven hundred dollars. So we can make some serious money at birthday parties. But at the same time, the, the parents will pay that going to a Chuck E. Cheese party or another party or whatever. So might as well do it at our school, but make it worth your while. Yeah, our parties aren't that expensive, but I I, I do it because I you know I want to generate a little bit. I want my staff to get some extra money. Uh, but I, you know, I want to generate a little bit of money. I want my staff to get extra money, but then I want, I want the lead to soft market too. And, and I agree it is a soft market. It's, it's almost a cold call basically is what it is. But I've had people that have done birthday parties here that, you know, a small percentage have signed up to, you know, actually do karate. But I'll, I'll even have other ones that will come back and do their party here and bring some of the similar friends, but, you know, some different that I can market to. And that's why, you know, like I said before, when we give away things, we give away an hour birthday party because then they can pick the party, they can, you know, pick the time, um, they can pick, you know, what they want to do with it and everything, and, and, and obviously we have more options to, to run with, if that makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. And, and again, it, you know, so here's the thing. So, so this, this is called the magic of 10%. How's that for, I just came up with that, Dwayne, for the name of this call, right? The magic of 10%. So like, if you just did 10% more birthday parties, 10% more retail, 10% more signups, 10% more renewals, just imagine 10, 10, 10. Let's say we only have seven areas that we've improved 10%. Your dojo is going to grow quite dramatically. Your school is going to have a, a very different financial landscape at the end of the year with only 10% new students. And by the way, you know, let's just say you have 100 people, for argument's sake, and you're only signing up three positive a month, 
I mean, yeah, it'd be great if you had one of these fandangled things going on where you make 50 new students, which I don't ever buy 50 new a month. And, you know, because if you did and you had 50 new a month at the end of the year, you'd have 780 students instead of, you know. But, you know, um, three a month, 12 months is 36 new a year. So that, that right. dramatically, dramatically, if you're able to grow from 100 to 136, that is a major jump in income. You're looking at probably close to six grand a month, not including extra, you know, depending on what you're charging a month. But um, let's say six grand a month, that's seventy-two to $85,000 a year in extra income for the same amount of work. You're not working that much harder. Maybe you're sending out more notes. Maybe you're, you know, you have a little bit more packed classes. I just saw last night I watched a restaurant, restaurant uh, startup, which is a really cool show, and they said the difference between a million – and a million dollars, you're making about $120,000 profit. But if you do a million seven, you end up making around $350,000 profit. Because most of it, all the, the things that cost you money are already in place. Just adding people on top of that. It's not like you're producing that much more, costing you that much more in labor. It's really, it's really just adding more people into that same funnel and closing. So that 10%, that magic 10% is quite powerful. Absolutely, and I think it's a doable number. Um, of course, you could you could go higher than that, but I think it's a doable number for a couple of reasons. And I don't mean to say that you need to shoot low, um, but we've talked about this before. If you grow too quickly in, in your infrastructure, and, and for those of you that did not listen to the three-part call that we did on infrastructure, you want to go back and listen to that, and that was in like November, December of this year. But yeah, yeah. But the the thing is, if your infrastructure isn't in place to be able to handle those individuals, then you're, you're, the, the situation um, in the end is going to be worse than it was in the beginning. So you want to just make sure that that is, that is there. So that's why I say 10%. It's a doable number. We as school owners are juggling so many things that to, um, you know, I think you know 10% is is a is a logical number. It's a doable number, and imagine you know if you just grow 10% every single year, what that does for your business. And I mean 10% across the board, 10% right. on student tuition, 10% on retail sales, 10% on special events. And by the way, if you grow 10% in um, your your uh, student base, then naturally the events and also the uh, retail sales should should follow. They should grow in, in about a 10% rate as well just because you have more people to sell to. So, so what, one thing though, I have, and keeping more students. Go ahead. I have to add to that, though, is it should as long as you have your systems in place to make that happen, right? So you and right. I know this. People are top-heavy in many different areas. They may be top-heavy in students. Some people might be, and I doubt very many are, top-heavy in retail or, you know, top-heavy in special events, you know, so they do one better than the other. And what I love about your 10% theory, Dwayne, is it's so interesting because if a huge corporation increased their income and their growth by 10%, the board members would be incredibly happy, right? So sometimes we look at that, and, you know, 10% of 1000 a month is not that much. But, you know, if you have 50 students and you grew, um, you know, everything across the board unilaterally, you know, all the, all the things you just talked about, that's a quite, quite a difference in financial income and, and, you know, the energy and, and the things that you do. So I would love for you to shoot higher, but at the same time, sometimes when people shoot – high, they end up 
up and they don't get anything. It's that vicious cycle in through the front door, out through the back door. And uh, so if you just focus, and that's what we teach, right? You and I, Dwayne, I think is uh, our biggest thing is to have that next level school owner mindset where they're like, okay, my goal this year is to grow my business by 10% across the board. Now, how do I do it? What systems, what do I need to get better at to become a better business owner so that at the end of the year, I have, you know, 10 or 20% more money in my pocket and my school has grown and now next year and year it keeps on going. Yeah, and, you know, uh, the, the simple things just uh, with, let's just take retail real quickly is, you know, you have somebody that comes into the office with the, the flyer or whatever that you sent them to purchase the sparring gear because now it's time to buy the sparring gear. Well, um, they ask you, because most of them do, at least in our school, you know, you have three different options here. Which one do you recommend? Well, right. honestly, I always recommend the middle one. Because right. I have strategically placed the middle one. Yes, it's the middle price, but it actually, when you when you go into the wholesale cost, I actually make more money with the middle one than I even do with the higher priced one, um, or pretty close to it. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I've set it up in such a way that most people buy the the middle anyways, and so that's why I did it that way is because I wanted right. them to purchase the one that was a that I make more money, but then you upsell them. So, like, we, we don't include the chest uh, right. uh, pad, right, for your chest. And so on my, on my sheet, you know, they have to check it off, and it says uh, um, there's a little box that they have to check that says, no, I do not want my child's chest to be protected when they, when they, when they spar. Okay. <laughs> so you can imagine psychologically somebody has to, you know, they have to read that and check that off psychologically, um, you know, to say, no, I don't want my kid's chest to be protected when they spar. Uh, and, and so, therefore, I, you know, I, I can't say that that's the only reason or that is the reason. But, you know, to sell, per, persuade individuals to purchase that, that's one thing or one way that we've done that. Right. So, but, you know, you know um, also point I was out- say, you know, like, real, go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, let's quickly point out to the listeners, because as much as you and I think that it's obvious that we have levels or tiers or options, um, they may not know what the heck we're talking about. So let's be clear on that. So like when I had this epiphany, I had said, okay, um, hey, Mrs. Jones, if you want to buy sparring gear, here's your options. Here's the red sparring gear with the mouthpiece. It's $130 a month. Um, what color, or here's the sparring gear, what color do you want? Red, blue, yellow, green, whatever the colors that were available. They said, I'll take that package. So it was $130 a month. And then I said, okay, to myself, I said, well, what am I going to do to grow this? How can I ever grow it? I can only sell, if I have 20 white belts a month join my school, um, when they get to their white belt or when they earn their white belt going to yellow, they have to buy sparring gear. So I'm going to sell 20 sets of sparring gear. So I can never, ever grow other than saying 20 times 130, right? Whatever that comes out to be, 3,900 bucks or whatever, right? So um, for me, for me now, I said to myself, well, how do I get there to be other options? So I thought of making these tiers, you know, the basic package, package A, just the sparring gear with the cheap mouthpiece, package B, sparring gear with shin guards and, um, and the shock doctor, more expensive mouthpiece, which is the easiest sell in the book. And you go from making a uh, dollar on a mouthpiece to like $20 on a mouthpiece. Um, and then, and I said, okay, what else could I do? And I said, okay, well, also at the bottom of my sales sheet, which I have 11 by 17 pictures on the wall of all these different packages, 
and I say, okay, well, you could also order the sparring gear, which you also said to me, uh, which, which you said before was excellent. You kind of say, um, you, you know, you do understand that if you don't buy this, there is a chance that your kid might get hit and hurt himself. Are you willing to sacrifice your child's safety? You know, that kind of thing. That's a great way to just say, okay, you know, you should really upgrade, Mrs. Jones. I'm not making you do it, but I'm almost really strongly saying that you should go to package B or the second packet. Then the third package is all the bells and the whistles. I mean, everything you could possibly do, the best shin pads, the best fighting gear. I'll throw in, you know, an Under Armour with the padding on it. You know, there's a whole bunch of cool things that you could do that are available that people have no clue. They don't know what they don't know, right? So they don't buy it. They don't know what they're supposed to be buying. You as a school owner have to lead them down that path. And by having other options, now you'll see that your retail, when you would have made $130, you're averaging out maybe $200, $275, $300 on a sale and, and doubling your retail. That it's just so yeah. simple and makes so much sense. But no one in the industry, and by the way, all these big wigs in the industry that know everything that they're doing, they don't teach this methodology that you and I teach. And it's really... Makes sense, but now a lot of schoolers go, yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to do that, and then they won't. You know, they won't get around to it. And this is where we <laughs> people, and, and by the way, that you could, just by doing that alone could grow your retail by 10 to 20%. Absolutely. It was, I, I, perfect example is I had a lady in the office. She was, you know, paying the, uh, the fee for her kid to do the um, board-breaking seminar. And uh, I said, oh, I said, um, did you – want a sweatshirt or a hoodie for for Ben as well. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know what? I do. She goes, can I just do that on this? And I said, yeah, you can do that on this. We can take care of it. And I said, now, um, you know, Ben's going to have one. You know, do you want to have one yourself right. as a karate mom? Hmm. And she's like, you know what? Yeah, I do. You know, well, so, that's... Um, and just now, by, by the way, we made hoodies. Fun. We made hoodies for our parents this year, specifically... You know, um, we have a demo team hoodie, which is, we have a thing called Team Okami. We made a joke. It's like Team Omami. Okami means wolf in Japanese. So we call them Team Omami. So we did a Team Omami. We didn't do the sweatshirt that says that, but we made a flyer that said all the Team Omamis, how many want sweatshirts? And we ended up selling like 25 sweatshirts just to them. So so that's awesome. Well, and and, uh, I think the important concept there that everybody needs to understand is you niched it. Um, which I think is important. Now that I, now that I hear that, I might do something next year um, just for parents. I'm thinking now, you know, it needs to be, you know, you can't take from what other people have said. You can't use a copyrighted thing, but something with regards to karate mom or karate dad uh, type idea. Yeah, or just simply a sweatshirt that's more, you know, mother based. Um, I have to tell you, one year I did a um, a uh, every year I do a Mother's Day training. It's free on Mother's Day, the day before, normally on the Saturday before that Sunday. And then one year I printed T-shirts, and I made like 200 T-shirts that one time and one time only and gave them out to all the parents for free. But what I did was is I went around to about four local vendors in my area, pizza parlor, a car wash, and I said, hey, would you guys like to advertise on the back of the shirt? Basically, in turn, it got me the shirts for free. It didn't cost me a penny. They got free advertisement, and I was able to give out 200 shirts to all the families, mothers, grandparents, and so on in my school. Well, it's probably been, I mean, I, I guess it's probably been at least eight years, maybe more. They're still wearing those shirts, those people that I see. Some of the moms still wear them. So, you know, there's a million ways. I mean, you and I know there are so many ways to grow retail and be able to change the dynamics and grow, you know, your signups and so on and how to make that happen. 
that, um, man, it's like literally I, I, sh I cringe when I think about how many opportunities are being lost even by you and I. Yeah. You know, yeah. So you know I don't have the I – I didn't do stocking caps or I don't have the baseball hat and stuff like that. And so that I'm going to – I'm going to do some of those for uh, this coming year, and, and I want to see how they sell, you know? And you know what, too? One last thing is, is also the simplest lesson that I can give to people, and this will be my last comment on this topic, I guess, unless you have more to talk about, um, is for me, though, I, I think the biggest thing you could do is ask and recommend. You know, when you go to Amazon, they're great. Like, I bought a DVD for my daughter for Christmas. After I hit the purchase button and put it in the shopping cart, bing, on the side, it says, people who have purchased that also have purchased this, 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 and this. And, right. and I, I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. I didn't even know so-and-so, one of my daughter's people that she likes, had done this movie. So I bought that second movie, and only because they recommended it. I would have never bought it. I didn't know what I didn't know. So all of a sudden, it's up on the side. Boom, click, another 29 bucks in Amazon's pocket. Probably make a 5 to $8 retail profit, right? So it's a matter right. of people buying your sweatshirt. You're saying, hey, you know, if you buy a second sweatshirt, I'm giving you 30% off. You want to buy it for a family member. Or, you know, you and I have spoken about my two-for-one deal. Like when people first join the school and they get a free uniform or they buy their first uniform, I ask them if they want their second uniform, if they would like one because they're going to have to wash this over and over again, blah, blah, blah. It's always going to get forgotten. Buy a whole new set of stuff so you have two of them or three of them, and I'll give you 40% off the, the second and the third one. People, while their checkbook's out there, are going, that makes a lot of sense. That'll save me a lot of time. Let me do it. And bam, retail jumps because we would never have done that. We, we would probably not mention it and then put a sign on the wall, and now they're not engaged. They're not really thinking about it. They got used to washing that uniform four times a week or whatever it is. They're not going to buy it. But if you ask them, just well, simply yeah, go. Yeah, no, I was going to say you're right, and, and, and I, I know some people, devil's advocate, play it as well. They're, they're going to need it. They're going to buy it later. And right. that's not always the case. The, no. the the thing is that they're not going to do that. They will go and say, "Well, it's it's forty bucks. I'm just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it." And uh, they wait and wait and wait until the kid doesn't fit into the uniform again. Um, now now for us, and I'm sure for you too, you know, once they get in, there's a certain period of time that they're going to be upgraded, and then you know, or at least a chance to, and then then that upgrade, there are uh, the uniform has changed, and so they got to buy that and. Um, yeah, so, or, or let's say like in my Black Belt Club, they get their uniform included when they upgrade to Black Belt Club. And every year they get one uniform, one Black Belt Club uni uh, uniform included. That's part of our upsell. Um, but however, though, we do sell extra uniforms because parents, their kids come every day. They're, they're clean and neat, and they don't want their kids to smell or have to wear something. And they don't want to have to wash a uniform two and three days a week. So I have signs on the wall that said, are you tired of washing your uniform three days a week? Purchase a new uniform, and we actually put uniforms on hangers and hung them out on display. I've never really imagined people walking up, looking at the uniform, and putting it on the counter and buying it. It's just shocking to me. <laughs> you know, like, why don't we think like that as martial artists? Because we're so caught up in the, in the oh, I don't want to look like I'm too commercial. I don't want to nickel and dime people. Well, you're in business to make a living. You're there to help people. You know, and, you know, selling them stuff. One parent said to me, I was embarrassed because her kid was crying over a Ninja Turtles doll, and, um, and he wanted it so bad, and I felt bad that I had it on my shelf 
that I, made, I gave this mom undue stress. So I said, I'm sorry, you know, I, that Nikki, little cute little kid, he's giving you a hard time. She goes, oh, he'd do it anyway. Don't worry. He sees it in the catalogs that come to my house. He wants me to go to Toys R Us. You're saving me time by having it right under my nose. I'm killing two birds with one stone. And I'm like, wow, I thought I was the enemy. And she looked at me as a hero. And, and I wasn't nickel and diming. I wasn't too commercial. She was thinking of it as a service. Now, not everyone thinks that way, but the majority of people get it. But it also is about the right. culture that's built within your school, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah. I, I encourage, uh, you know, school owners to look at, look at their bottom line and then, you know, make a decision to um, grow 10% in those three areas at the very least. So your, your retail sales, your special events, and then also obviously your student population. And yeah. just, you know, like I said, I went through and what was it? Two, I just need to go $233.35 or whatever it is um, more. I need to, to do that much more per month um, and set yourself a goal, you know, per month. So if, if you only did, um, I don't know, if you only did $12,000 in retail sales this year, you know, so you, you know that you only did $1,000 a month. Well, now you know you need to do $1,100 every single right. month and you know just be watching that every single week so that you can uh go and 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 create or make that happen and sometimes you might have to you might have to do some sort of sale at the end of the the last week of the month to push right. that over or uh, make some phone calls or whatever but i think it would be important to do that and by the way let me add to that 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 point that you made was super important and i was going to say it and interrupt you because i wanted to be clear that you know, we have to watch our money so we don't have enough month at the end or we don't have too much month at the end of the money. So in other words, like week one, if you notice that your sale is just not hopping and popping, you look at it and you say, well, what could I do different to get people? Should I make phone calls? Should I wave the shirt around? I'll tell you a quick funny story. Two seconds is my dad, when he used to sell pizza for me at my tournaments and pizza sales started to get low, like it slowed down. He no joke, the minute the hot pizza walked through, and show the pizza and like open the box and get that smell in the tournament circuit and pizza sales would go right up. Yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah, it, it, it works. I, I remember Zig Ziglar talking about a balloon salesman and he goes, when balloons, uh, when uh, uh, the sales would start to drop, he would release a couple into the air and then more people would come and buy them. You know, yep. it's, the, it's the same thing. They, exactly. They're not aware. Every, we're all lost in our own little world and, and yep. we need it to be brought up back in front of us. So, uh, yeah. I just encourage everybody, um, you know, if you haven't given anything this year, I which I, I doubt you uh, have not not done that, but take a look at it, write a check at the end of the year or something, you know, um, it's all, most of it's tax deductible anyways, but, you know, do that and then, you know, hey, and then look at next year and how uh, how you can give. And then, you know, I, I, I would challenge you, and I'm sure Allie is in agreement with me, to grow 10% in those areas. So, Allie, right. uh, thanks for a wonderful year. Um, yeah, you know, I, I really appreciate your friendship and I love doing these calls with you and, and the feedback yeah. from everybody. I, I like hearing that too. So absolutely. Thank you very much. And I feel the same way. It's awesome working with you, dude. All right, everyone go, go out and, uh, have some time off hopefully and, uh, take a look at next year and make it happen again. Allie, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Dwayne. Take care. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. And, uh, we'll talk to you guys next year.